Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Beautiful day today. A gorgeous day to take your dog for a walk. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by Invisible Fence Northwest. Invisible Fence for the life of your pet. Find them online at InvisibleFenceNW.com to learn about their indoor and outdoor solutions for both dogs and cats. And the dog show is also brought to you in part by All the Best Pet Care, all the best food, treats, and toys for your dog and cat. You can find them online at allthebestpetcare.com to see where all of their nine locations are around western Washington. We've got a doozy today, Eric, and it's going to take a lot of energy for me to refrain from profanity. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep my hand on the uh, dump button <laughs> On the here. beep? I, yeah, I don't want to have to censor you, Julie. Yes, well, I will. I will if I have to. I, yeah, I will do my best. Uh, today on the show, we have Roxanne Stone, who's the Vice President of Research and Development at Answers Pet Food. Ah, uh, now I see why. <laughs> Pet food. <laughs> might be on the edge. And also, over, she also oversees all of their uh, quality control for manufacturing. Roxanne, welcome to the dog show. Thank you for having me. So today we are talking about um, a, another specific issue with pet food, a current or recent development that the um, AVMA, so the American Veterinary Medical Association, um, recently proposed a policy on uh, raw or undercooked animal source protein in cat and dog food, basically saying that they do not recommend um, uh, feeding raw food diets to dogs and cats. And Roxanne, along with Keith Hill, who's the president of Answers, um, co-authored a very beautifully written, very professional letter in response, um, addressed to the AVMA in response to this proposed policy. Um and so Roxanne is with us today to talk more in detail about what's happening, you know, what you've said in your letter, why this is not cool. And um, it's just another example of the sort of like what feels like the war on raw food that's being waged by what seems to be based off of evidence and relationships um, seems to be waged um, by the big pet food companies, the, the, the kibble diet companies, the, the highly processed pet foods, the, the, the dry and canned food companies are seemingly scrambling to try to keep, uh, keep a grip on the industry because the more people learn and the more people get educated and talk about pet food and the more recalls that happen, I think people are looking for alternatives. And I, maybe that's what is... Um, causing this, this what feels like a war. So, Roxanne, I want answers. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what we said that we interviewed, I had a great interview with Jacqueline Hill, who's the vice president of Answers Pet Food, uh, several months ago, and that was one thing. We gave away a whole bunch of pints of uh, Answers Raw goat's milk and uh, had people post on our Facebook page, I want answers in order to uh, to get a free voucher. So, uh, so Roxanne, what's going on here? Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation because, you know, the AVMA is obviously recognized, um, you know, in, in the veterinary industry as 
you know, the experts in, in the field. And so any policy or proposal from them is going to obviously have an impact in the, uh, in the industry, you know, not only the pet food industry, but in the veterinary um, medical industry as well. So it, it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, we all know, and as many of your listeners, you know, already realize there has been quite a movement in the industry, I'd say, within the last 10 years as consumers become more educated on uh, pet food in general and, and the um, the resources out there and, and and the information that they're able to receive now. And the that, recalls that are happening. I right, mean, there have been... Amongst other yeah, things, yeah. exactly. That, you know, people are, uh, unfortunately, you know, have been pretty disenfranchised with, um, you know, not only the um, pet food industry, but the, the veterinary, um, you know, some of the veterinary medical uh, practices as, as well. And they're looking for, you know, um, no pun intended answers uh, <laughs> to, you know, why their pets are, are seeing these seen these diseases and, and so forth. And so mm-hmm. um, many people have turned to either holistic type of uh, vets who, um, of course, we appreciate that are out there and spreading the word on raw food diets as an alternative or an adjunct to uh, veterinary care for their animals and have seen some wonderful benefits from it. So, um, so there has been a market created for such such a source and uh, the raw commercial pet food um, has grown by leaps and bounds and, and we're seeing that that growth continue mm-hmm. and and with that you know I think people are appreciative of the choices out there that they don't have to um, you know their only alternative for feeding raw is not create you know having to do just a home prepared diet themselves but they are now able to have uh, choices for quality raw pet food in their local and independent pet food retailer. Mm-hmm. And so this proposal could potentially uh, make that more difficult for them, although AVMA is not a regulatory agency such as the FDA and the USDA is. Um, nonetheless, their policies are still very, have very much um, yeah. an impact on the industry yeah. and what they choose to propose in the future from um, you know, the regulatory agencies will look to them again. Like I said, they're they're supposed to be the experts in the field. And so people will look to them for advice and policy, and that's right. how regulatory policies become created then. So yeah. there's, there's a risk out there for, um, and Susan Sixton, you know, I think did a great job in, in her recent newsletter about, you know, a domino effect happening from this mm-hmm. um, as these policies get created that, um, the regulatory agencies may follow suit, and these people who uh, do choose to feed raw diets to their pets, as well as the veterinarians that are out there proposing and, um, you know, uh, recommending raw diets, will now also be at risk um, because they'll be viewed as going against AVMA uh, policies. Right. And isn't that what the big pet food companies want? And so let me let me. The there's a part that's a very long um, letter with lots of, um, you know, sightings and other articles. Susan Thixton's uh, writing is part of it. And, and there's other letters as well. Um, there's a link to if you want to read the full letter answers Pet Foods official response to the AVMA's proposed policy. 
There's a link to it on our Facebook page. If you go to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, there's a link to the Answers Pet Foods Facebook page, which is where you can find a link to this article. So there's a link directly to the article from our Facebook page. And there's also a link to it from our website, which is dogradioshow.com right there on the homepage. Um, So if you want to read the whole thing, there's a lot of information. Um, If you have a pet, I highly recommend that you do read this and become informed. So you pose an interesting, interesting question, and you're talking about the AVMA and um, that they, you know, one thing is that they, this, uh, this was a proposed action by the AVMA, and it's actually being voted on, like, this week. So they didn't, they they possibly intentionally, um, you know, didn't leave much time. It almost feels like they're sort of sneaking this, trying to sneak this through um, by not giving um, people the uh, time to really respond and, and, and come together and, and respond. Um, So you um, representing answers responded Right. Um, kind of on everybody's behalf, and I definitely thank you for that. Um, so you wrote, if uh, in your letter, if the AVMA develops policy behind closed doors without the ability for public and industry comment, how can AVMA advance its relationship to the public science and animal health and welfare industries? If this is the common practice, then how was Delta Society, now Pet Partners, able to bring this issue to to the AVMA Council on Public Health and Regulatory Veterinary Medicine through the Animal Welfare Division staff. Even more questions arise when looking at the Delta Society much closer. According to Pet Partners' website, the chair of the board, Brenda Bax, is the marketing director of Purina. And then you also, oh, and then it says also uh, under the AVMA financial documents, there is disclosure that the AVMA receives significant contributions from Hills Pet Nutrition, which of course makes science diet prescription diets owned by Colgate Palmolive. To our knowledge, neither Purina nor Hills Pet Nutrition offer a raw source protein for cat or dogs. So, and then the question of Purina's influence is not new. And then you cite an article by Susan Thixton at truthaboutpetfood.com. But it is, it's like, you know, that saying, like, do you think I was born yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) This, uh, the, the relationship is so obvious and the intentions are so obvious. It's sort of insulting to, you know, well, it's insulting in a lot of ways, but the, the um, unethical, relationship between these big industry companies and this association and other nonprofits is just totally transparent. Now, I want to sort of, you know, talk a little bit more about this, what I just read from your letter. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back in just a few minutes, we'll be talking more with Roxanne Stone, Vice President of Research and Development at Answers Pet Food. We're talking about the Answers Pet Foods official response to the AVMA's proposed policy to basically be anti-raw food. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. 
Hi, this is Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show and owner of Sensitive Dog, Dog Training and Behavior. Invisible Fence Northwest uses a balanced, gentle approach to help dogs learn their boundaries. I've seen it firsthand. They work with each person and pet as an individual and teach in a way that is fun and respectful. Your dog quickly learns it has freedom and fair boundaries so is safe, happy, and secure. Isn't that what we all want for our dogs? Save $100 when you visit InvisibleFenceNW.com or call 800-800-FENCE and tell them you are a dog show fan. They're there for the life of your pet. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Anti-Icky-Poo, we cover the world of living successfully with your animal friends. This week, August 5th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me. I'll have open phone lines throughout the show, so if you've got questions about or problems with any of your animal friends, plan to give me a call. Plus, I hope to have time for medical updates on my Abby cats and what I'm learning about endocrine immune imbalances. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Camley Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. We pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area, licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com bringing you fresh perspectives every day alternative talk 11:50 a.m. always come through all the pay i need comes the shining through his eyes i don't need no welcome back to the dog show with julie forbes and we are back today with Roxanne Stone Vice President of Research and Development at Answers Pet Food, and uh, she also oversees all quality control for manufacturing. Welcome back, Roxanne. Thank you. And we're talking today about the proposed policy, recently proposed policy, that was uh, developed behind closed doors uh, without the ability for public or industry to comment to essentially, by the AVMA, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association, to basically develop a policy that they don't recommend raw food feeding. Um, And Roxanne and Keith Hill, who's the president of Answers, uh, co-authored a letter in response to this proposed policy, which is actually being voted on very shortly. And that that move is questionable. One of the many questionable moves as of all of this, of the sort of uh, quickness of like, oh, yeah, we're here's this new policy and it's going to vote next week. And so, you know, nobody has, you know, or within a few weeks. So it doesn't give other aspects of the pet food industry and consumers 
to reply and and influence a decision, which is not fair. Um, but what I want to talk about, you know, we could be talking about this all day. But what I want to talk about right now, because I just read a piece in the last segment about um, from your letter um, questioning the the move, um, who's behind it. Uh, you mentioned um, the move by the Delta Society a few years ago um, that they um, formed a sort of a, um, what's the word, policy that their pet partners can't be fed raw food diets. And then it's like, oh, well, look who's on the chair. Look who's at the chair of the board is the marketing director of Purina. And then you also state that the um, AVMA gets uh, significant contribu- contributions from Hills Pet Nutrition, which does science diet, prescription diets. Yeah. So the whole thing is like, oh, raw food is dangerous. Raw food is dangerous. Raw food is dangerous. Wasn't there just a pet food recall for salmonella? Yes, indeed, there was. And in the, uh, was it raw the food? No, that wasn't. Oh, it that wasn't. Was, uh, heat processed kibble food. Yeah, it was the dry food diets that are supposedly so safe and that we need to feed our pets these dry processed, you know, kibble or canned food diets because they're cooked at such high heat and processed so much that, you know, it kills all the pathogens. Well, how are they still being um, contaminated with salmonella? <laughs> It's just insane. Again, it's like, you know, what do you think? I was born yesterday. Like, it it almost feels like a move or a tactic by these big companies to, like, distract or sort of flip things around. Like, yes, we just had this huge recall for salmonella. And, and like, oh, let's draw all the attention to how dangerous raw food is. It's backwards. Right. So how does this now you know about the, you know, food industry and the the manufacturing and you oversee the quality control for Answers Pet Food, which produces and offers raw food diets for dogs and cats. So how is this being like, how is kibble, how is dry food dangerous? Okay, well, um, you know, there's many factors involved in in processing. And um, unfortunately, you know, when when you are uh, pra- processing for a uh, high heat and uh, extrusion, sometimes manufacturers, you know, ha- have the the adage of saying, "Well, you know, it, it's all going through this incredible um, high heat process, and nothing's going to survive." So often, the quality of the raw ingredients that go into the finished product are, uh, you know, overlooked and, and unfortunately yeah. uh, sub substandard. When they say nothing survives, they mean nothing, right. including right. the nutrition in the food. Exactly, right. exactly. So, um, you know, there's no live enzymes. There's no beneficial probiotic bacteria that's going to survive. Um, essentially, they're making a sterile product. And so uh, when they have... When you do that in manufacturing, um, unfortunately, that also creates a, um, like, like I said, a substandard for uh, incoming raw uh, ingredients to be of high quality because they feel that, well, on the other, you know, when, when it is processed and comes out the other side, it is going to be safe and it's going to be sterile. 
and we don't need um, to have these incredibly high-quality ingredients right. go, Which, going into it, which right. often gets overlooked. So there's potential for post, post-processing contamination, and that's often what we see in these um, uh, non-USDA-regulated um, manufacturing facilities, which are what most of these kibble plants are. And um, so you don't have the regulations of, um, processing at cold temperatures like we do for our raw products. Most of the raw manufacturers do um, use all USDA. Not only do they do use USDA uh, inspected quality meat, but they use, most of them are processed in a USDA inspected facility. So what that means is that we're processing in a facility that is also most of the time making uh, quality ingredients for human consumption as well. So yeah. the hot dog and the sausage <laughs> that you may be getting in your local uh, supermarket, you know, is also processed out of the same facility. So mm-hmm. what that means is that we all, uh, USDA regulates the, the room temperature that you can process in. So we're all processing this food at, you know, temperatures of 35 degrees or less. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a, a big, um, obviously, um, you know, pathogen restriction on on what can grow. So in these kibble plants, they don't have those regulations, and they literally process at room temperature, if not higher. Right. Um, so you have this incredible, um, you know, ability for these these microbes to reproduce very quickly. Mm-hmm. And if the, they often can be aerosoled into the environment, so when they're spraying down equipment and they're spraying things. Um, these microbes, these pathogens, can actually get in the aerosol of, of the air and land on finished product, land on the, the, the outside packaging um, of, of finished product that's already been processed and ready to go out the door. Yeah, so I hear two things. You're saying one is that raw food is actually way more highly regulated, the, the yes. production and manufacturing. Correct. And... The batches are smaller. Now, you said in our conversation before that about 75% of kibble, and by kibble we mean dry dog food, mm-hmm. if not more, mm-hmm. is all produced. In about three three separate facilities, yeah. So, so there's, and there's like several hundred different formulas and brands, like brands and formulas within Correct. those brands. Right. And they're all manu- mass-produced within three plants. So, you know, and I was looking as part of your letter um, towards the end as a list of the pet food recall, I think from um, the melamine. And it's like most of the pet food, I mean, like uh, pretty much every company of these big name pet foods, including Purina and Hills are listed on there. And that would make sense if they're all made basically in the same plant. Right, correct. So Where in the in the raw manufacturing, uh, you know, most of the individual companies have, um, like I said, are USDA inspected, uh, smaller manufacturing facilities, and often they make food for for human consumption as well at right. these facilities. Higher standards, exactly, and better ingredients, exactly. Now, um, from your letter, it says that. Um, I'm not quoting it, but it seemed that if you look at the evidence that there are more cases of salmonella contamination from 
dry dog foods, dry and canned, as opposed to raw. Yes. And, you know, if you're looking from a statistics standpoint, I mean, some people may argue the case as well. There's more kibble diet or there's more dry kibble sold, obviously, in the U.S. compared to the small category of raw food that is sold. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on a, on a weight-per-weight basis, if you looked at it, you know, obviously the recalls, and, and it's easy to go back and look at the FDA web, website um, and see what has been recalled. The, the majority of the recalls, yes, are, are on dry, dry kibble diet. Okay. So there's a numerous recalls on uh, dry food for contamination of pathogens. Um, commonly, probably most commonly, would be salmonella, which is the main word that they use for their argument against raw food. Right. So dry food statistically has more, way more cases of salmonella contamination. And the dry food companies are behind, seemingly, obviously, <laughs> behind proposing this policy to basically be anti-raw food for safety reasons when dry food is actually more dangerous. So it's like backwards. It, yeah, it's kind of a conundrum that is is often hard to wrap your brain around. And, and so I think that, you know, the education that we're trying to provide, um, you know, I think we're just, you know, we're asking for um, a fair and honest balance presentation that they're looking at all the facts and all of the scientific literature out there. And we just feel that that really hasn't happened. Well, and the whole policy in the first place is questionable, the motivation. Yes. Because of the relationships that they, that the AVMA has with Hills in your thing, you state in your letter, you state that. Right. There's financial documents that disclose the AVMA receives significant contribution from Hills Pet Nutrition. Yeah. They make science diet. The yeah. whole thing with the Delta Society and Purina, that one's obvious. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's questionable in the first place. And then also to, to do it in a way which would make sense based off of the initial motive, that it would be kind of done in a way that's just not fair. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back in just a few minutes Uh, We'll be talking more with Roxanne Stone, who's the Vice President of Research and Development at Answers Pet Food. We're talking about Answers Pet Food's official response to the AVMA's proposed policy to basically be anti-raw food. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. Specializing in spinal decompression, chiropractic, and physiotherapy. Dr. Justin Favreau and his team uses integrative, evidence-based treatments to provide his patients with comprehensive care that works with the body-as-a-whole connected system. Director of the Advanced Rehabilitation and Wellness Center, Dr. Favreau would love to find a solution for your symptoms of pain, numbness, and tingling headaches, allergies, fatigue, and general malaise. Contact Dr. Favreau at 206-497-4962 or go to advancedrehabandwellness.com. That's advancedrehabandwellness.com. 
Bluebonnet.com. For home repair, remodeling construction advice, ideas, and useful stories every Saturday from 10 till 11 a.m., tune in to Constructing Whatever. With over 40 years of combined experience, hosts Tim and Lynn talk about whatever. From important need-to-know topics to fielding your questions about the latest industry news, it's Constructing Whatever every Saturday morning right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Tim and Lynn are back in the saddle again this week, taking your calls and talking home improvement projects. Tune in and join the conversation Saturday at 10 a.m. Who is Jopra? What is Jopra? When is Jopra? Joe Janot is the host of a brand new show called Jopra. Joe has been nicknamed Jopra by his friends and colleagues who find his advice and insight to be enlightening, just like a certain other talk show host of World Without. Born and raised in Seattle, independent-minded Joe Janot is bringing issues to the airwaves that make you ponder, laugh, and deliberate. The Jopra Show is about the ins and outs of food and drink, relationships, entertainment, and so much more. Get to know Jopra every Thursday at 2, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. For more than 25 years, All the Best Pet Care has been helping people choose the best foods, treats, and toys for their dogs and cats. They are a locally owned family business bringing about little miracles every day by following the Mother Nature model of nutrition. Stop by to meet their adoption cats, schedule an anesthesia-free dental cleaning, or bring your dog to the toy testing area. Visit their new store in Edmonds next to the PCC and their expanded Redmond store in the Whole Foods Plaza. To learn more, go to allthebestpetcare.com or follow them on Facebook. Listen live at 1150kknw.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. It's hard to stop for a second and smile. That's a good uh, little segment there of that song. But, um, you know, when I think of these, uh, the point is the it's all about the money and uh, the power that these big pet food companies have in the industry to put forth uh, policies through nonprofit organizations, which is... I mean, isn't that illegal? Aren't nonprofits supposed to be? Do you know Roxanne about that? The that there's a, like a conflict of interest there. Yeah, there. Um, if you um, refer to the paper, there is a segment on the Illinois uh, not-for-profit right. organization, um, you know, laws and and um, their policies and so forth, and so. You know, I, I don't know if it's illegal for them to accept donations necessarily from a manufacturer, or, sure. uh, but they are supposed to to be a non biased, not for profit, um, who you know is supposed to uh, give equal opportunity um, and not be um, you know biased or anti competitive as far as uh, their pol- you know and ensuing policies that may be anti competitive or 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 infringe on any antitrust laws within mm-hmm. the state. Okay, so if you're just joining us, uh, I'm talking with Roxanne Stone, who's the Vice President of Research and Development at Answers Pet Food. And uh, Roxanne also oversees all the quality control for manufacturing. Imagine that. Quality control. We're talking about uh, a letter that Roxanne and uh, the President of Answers Pet Food, Keith Hill, co-authored in response to a proposed policy by the American Veterinary Medical Association to essentially not recommend 
uh, raw food, raw or undercooked animal source protein in cat and dog diets. Basically anti-raw food. And um, they did so in a way that uh, the existence of the policy in the first place is questionable. There's a link to the letter if you want to read the letter. It's loaded with information so that you can really be uh, informed and educated about what's going on. If you have a, a pet, a dog or cat or any pet, uh, I highly recommend that you read this letter and get informed about this. This is a reality in pet food. And the reason why it's so important is because uh, big name pet foods are actually very harmful to pets. As I'm sure many pet owners are aware of the recalls that have happened that actually do kill animals. So, you know, it's a big deal. That is a huge deal to me. Not okay. Now, the so the existence of the policy in the first place is questionable based, questionable based off of the relationships with these big-name companies like Purina and Hills, Science Diet, um, and then also how they're moving forward with it. So they've proposed this policy, sort of made it public knowledge, and, and now they're voting on it just a few weeks later. So it has not given companies like Answers and other raw food companies to kind of come together and also consumers or or veterinarians or anybody in the industry who who cares to have time to, you know, form a response. Um, and so given that shortage, uh, Answers Pet Food on behalf of Answers Pet Food formed a response. And I'm very grateful that you did because it's important that um, that we stand up against these big name pet foods. They can't. I mean, it's I like it's like bullying. You can't do that. You just can't do it. It's not okay. So if you missed any part of this interview, you can listen two ways online. You can go to dogradioshow.com and go to the podcast page. And this interview will be the first one that comes up. Um, They're listed from most recent all the way back to our first, which was uh, over 175 shows ago. Um, So you can listen to this interview on the website. You can also download us for free from iTunes. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes under the audio podcasts, and you'll have access to all of our shows for free as a free download. And they can also find my uh, previous interview with Jacqueline Hill of Answers Pet Food. We were talking especially about the uh, raw goat's milk product that you offer, and it was just, like, so interesting talking about the digestive tract and (laughs) the good bacteria and the bad bacteria, and just physiology just blows my mind. So that's a look for that one, too. Lots of other great food interviews, Dr. Michael Fox, uh, Susan Thixton, who we mentioned earlier in the show. So there's a lot of information archived in our past shows as well, if you want to get more informed or to just listen to the uh, first half of this interview. Now, um, you can get this letter from the Answers Pet Food Facebook page. There's a link to it from the Facebook page. I've also put a direct link to their link on their Facebook page on our Facebook page, which is The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and also on our homepage as well, dogradioshow.com. So, Roxanne, we're talking about this uh, policy, about uh, sort of anti-raw feeding policy that's being proposed by the American Veterinary Medical Association, who is supported by these big-name pet food companies. And was this... I mean, am I reading that correctly, that this was actually 
this whole idea was basically brought to the AVMA by the Delta Society? Well, that's... Or is that is that a suspicion? That's a suspicion. Okay. Yeah, I would have to say that, that that is a suspicion, but that's where sort of this domino effect kind of started in 2010 with the Delta Society announcing. And I we believe that it was presented to the AVMA by them saying, hey, this is our policy. Don't you think the AVMA should have a policy on this? You know, people look to you for uh, guidance. We look to the AVMA for your expertise in this field. How do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. We believe that's how that, that probably got presented to mm-hmm. them. But it's suspicion. We're not, we don't have the facts on that. Yeah. It's like McDonald's and Burger King forming a policy to... Um, not recommend farmers markets and co-ops. Sure. I mean, it's like, that's like the human equivalent to me of uh, the food quality, which is just like ridiculous. Um, But it is big industry, big money industry, huge money industry. And we're, um, you know, what do you know how big the pet financially, how big the pet food industry is? Billions? It's many billions of dollars. I want to say, I believe it's up in the, 15 to 16 billion dollars yeah. just for the pet food. I know I know all of the, the pet industry in general with toys and clothing and all that is excess of 40 billion and oh, I yeah. think I think pet food itself is about 14 or 15 billion yeah. of that. I think the flea and tick industry is like 1 billion just them. Yeah. Right. Okay, so so you you've written this letter and and you're um very um clearly and professionally and intelligently sort of making all of these points as to like really questioning this, this policy, like, wait a minute, you know, you're proposing this policy as the American Veterinary Medical Association. So this, you have huge influence and responsibility. Correct. And, you know, wait a minute, you can't just go and put this to vote and like, look at like, what about this? What about this? You talk about salmonella like really salmonella infection. And, and you, you said um, that in the, like you were talking about zero tolerance in the pet food industry. Yes, that's correct. But that's not the, the expectation in the human industry, in the human food industry. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. The different regulatory agencies that oversee um, the meat and poultry and dairy industry for the human side, which is uh, regulated by the USDA. And then uh, the FDA is, Uh, The jurisdiction of the FDA controls all of animal feed, and we fall under animal feed as, uh, even though we're we're pet food for companion animals, um, we all are lumped under animal feed. And so the general consensus is uh, that there is a zero-tolerance policy for um, any type of pathogen, um, including salmonella, to that, that the food would be considered adulterated if that was in there. Whereas on the human side, of course, there is a tolerance level. And in fact, the USDA, through their Food Safety and Inspection Service, which we we do reference in the paper, has collected data since 1996 on the meat industry in general for, for the human supply chain. And through that data, they have been able to do quarterly reports on the actual incidences of salmonella in the meat industry and then the relationship of that to actual infections in 
the human population. And this is for human meat. This is for I human. I mean, meat intent for human. Intended for humans right, to eat. Right, yes, yeah. ex- exactly. Right. And so the interesting thing about their records and data, and they've come to the conclusion now um, in their latest 2010 policy that um, about 6.8 cases of salmonellosis per 100,000 individuals is an acceptable and admirable goal to reach for the human food industry based on their data that they've collected and the incidences of salmonella that they're finding. And, and again, you know, there's, o- there's over 2,000 um, different subspecies of salmonella, and not all of them are necessarily um, pathogenic. So we have, so they're also lumping salmonella under all of those 2,000 serovars. And so, again, when, when they test for it in the pet food industry, they usually do a, what they call a simple PCR test, which only is able to basically be a, a green or red light for yes, it's present, or no, it's not. And they don't go into the details of what kind of serotype it is is it truly a pathogenic strain, and what's the load level in there? So there's there's a lot of uh, <laughs> um, there's there's some gaping holes in the process of testing also as as well. And but but what I'm trying to get at is that the human side of the food industry has this goal of you know basically seven cases of salmonellosis per hundred thousand people is acceptable, mm-hmm. and. And in the dog food industry, they're saying, you know, we zero tolerance. You know, there's, right. there's nothing. Like probably the only case of there being a higher standard of compared from, from pet food to human food. Because, I mean, everywhere yeah. else, <laughs> Correct. it's just horrendously. Right. I mean, the ingredients that are legal to use in pet foods should not be legal. I agree. Yeah. So, so as a raw food manufacturer, the the, the thing is, is, is we're meeting those expectations. Right. We're out there in this raw food category, mm-hmm. and and to to date, we're all meeting those expectations. So it's kind of counterintuitive to me why the AVMA would come out and say this is so high risk, but but there have been raw food manufacturers for over twelve years now, yeah. um, safely producing um, a quality. Uh, uh, raw dog food that has not been heat processed and meeting the expectations of the um, industry in general. Yeah, so and I don't see the scare. We have some local raw food producers here, some companies, and um, I know that they are inspected all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know that doesn't. I'm sure that doesn't happen with the dry food. I would assert that it doesn't. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Roxanne Stone, Vice President of Research and Development at Answers Pet Food. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. This is Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. If you've been listening, you already know how I feel about Invisible Fence Northwest and their safety solutions for dogs. But get this, they help cats too. They tell me they've helped thousands of felines enjoy safe freedom outdoors or can keep them safe inside. They also have gentle ways to create a dog-free zone for your cat so your dog will stay away from your cat's litter box and food bowls. Visit InvisibleFenceNW.com or call 800-800-FENCE and tell them you want the dog show discount. 
Invisible Fence for the Life of Your Pet. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com Radio with no added hormones or preservatives. All natural alternative talk, 1150 AM Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We're back with Roxanne Stone, who's the Vice President of Research and Development at Answers Pet Food and also Roxanne oversees all the quality control for their pet food manufacturing. Welcome back Roxanne. We're talking about, uh, we've talked in during today's show, and if you've missed any part of it, you can listen online at dogradioshow.com, or you can also download us for free from iTunes. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes under their audio podcasts. And uh, we've been talking today on the show about um, the letter that Roxanne and the president of Answers, Keith Hill, co-authored. In response to the AVMA, American Veterinary Medical Association, uh, their proposed policy um, on raw or undercooked animal source protein in dog and cat diets, basically their new proposed anti-raw food policy uh, that they've had, which they proposed not too long ago and are voting on like this week or next week or something like that. So, um <clears throat> We've been talking about your response. Thank you so much for responding to this and uh, giving everybody who is a raw food provider, raw food feeder, who has seen the benefits of raw food, whose pets have lives have been saved by switching to raw food, for giving us a voice as well in this uh, very, very messy industry. Um, so, Roxanne, in the last few minutes of the show... Really, what is what is the message of the letter? Well, you know, we took the opportunity to write the letter in hopes that we would be able to sort of present the other side of the coin to the to the AVMA, which we feel that you know they really haven't looked at. And 
you know, also our fear is also for the the holistic vets out there and, and, and even traditional vets that do recommend raw or maybe they're on the fence about recommending raw food for their clients and their patients. You know, if this policy does go through and it is voted through, um, this could really hinder their decisions on whether or not they choose to recommend raw. Um, and that's that's a big fear because obviously as a, as a raw food manufacturer, we support those vets that do see the benefits in, in raw food and want to be partners and support them as well. And we feel that there are more vets out there that are becoming more aware of it and want to recommend it. And I think this is going to put, um, you know, a, a really big damper on them feeling confident to recommend this and, you know, possibly uh, cause them to, to stay more silent about it, and, which is unfortunate because then those choices aren't there for patients to have as, as an alternative to um, prescription medications and, and so forth. Right, which is exactly the intention, it seems, of the proposed policy, which it seems, based off of the evidence of the relationships between the large brand pet food companies and the AVMA, and then in a earlier situation with what happened with the Delta Society, which is now Pet Partners. Right. And how they're like, you know, none of our therapy dogs can be fed raw food. Yeah. And it's like, oh. That that was a big blow to a lot of the pet partners that, um, you know, participated in that, um, which is a great, you know, a a great opportunity and and a great organization to participate in. And now they're isolated and and feel left out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is, um, based off of evidence and of course, I mean, just recently there was a pet food recall, um, for salmonella and it was not raw food companies. It was the dry food company, companies and manufacturers. Um, the thing is, is that pets are dying as a result of this industry because of the low quality ingredients that they use, the processing, the chemicals, the preservatives, all of that stuff. Look back in all the pet food recalls. Pets are dying. If you have a pet, your pet could die from this food. It is possible from these big name, especially big big name companies. And that's why it's so maddening to me and offensive to me because it's so corrupt. It's all all it is is about money, making money off of the waste from the human food industry and our pets and we are suffering as a result of it. And then and then this move is just par for the course for what they're what they try, what they're capable of. And it's offensive and you can't do it. It's not OK. And that's what your letter says that you wrote. You and Keith Hill, president of Answers Pet Food, wrote in response to it. There's tons of science to back this up. You have tons of exhibits in here. Uh, something from the Center for Disease Control about safe handling yeah. of dry pet food. I mean, there it's all over the place. It's ridiculous. And it's insulting and offensive. And you can't do it. It's not, you know, like they just can't. And I think that Susan Thixton's point, I think it was in her part of this where you cite her, mm-hmm. it's like they're at a point where I think they know that they are losing control because more people are getting educated Um, more recall, you know, recalls continue to happen. Pets continue to die or get sick. Right. Um, People, people see firsthand the benefits of raw food diets 
Um, I have seen it bring life back into dogs that were failing. I mean, it, it's amazing. And, and I think that they're scrambling. And unfortunately, they have a lot of power and a lot of money and a yeah. lot of pull in the industry. And they're trying to make moves like this. And it's not okay. It's bullying. Not okay. Uh, there's a link to this article. Uh, not article, the letter that uh, Roxanne Stone and Keith Hill co-author uh, on behalf of Answers Pet Food and everybody else who is pro-raw food or who potentially in the future would benefit from raw food. Um, there's a link to it on their Facebook page. You can just go to the Answers Pet Food Facebook page. I've also posted a direct link to the article um, through our Facebook page, which is The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And there's also a link to the Answers Facebook page uh, to the article on our homepage, which is dogradioshow.com. And if you've missed any part of this interview um, or any of our past over 175 shows, you can find them all archived online at dogradioshow.com. And they also all are available on iTunes as a free audio podcast. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes and uh, all of our episodes will be at your disposal to listen to for free. Roxanne, uh, thank you so much for your time today to talk about uh, this very important topic. Um, Certainly one of the biggest current events happening in the pet industry. Um, Huge ramifications if this passes. and I just hope that there's enough voice within this within this um, uh, conference that they're having to uh, vote against it because it's it's not good for pets. It's not good for people, and it's not good for pets. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, thank for, you for having me. Yeah, uh, thank you for um, writing this letter and being a voice. I mean, this letter has generated a lot of awareness um, and education around it. The reason why I knew about this policy was that I was forwarded this letter. Otherwise, I may not have known. And that's right. the other thing about it is that unless right. you're a consumer who follows the, you know, the pet food blogs, you know, you're not going to know about this, let alone all the other things people just don't know about the pet food industry. So just thank you so much. Very welcome. Thank you again for uh, inviting us today. Yeah. And uh, fingers crossed, huh? Yeah, most definitely. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We'll be back live next Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. Have a great day.